Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to this very, very special show. What incredible 24 hours we've had. And uh, because of that, we're bringing together what must be a first for radio, uh, for the internet and for podcast. Uh, Because you are watching um, Outside Edge on YouTube or you're listening to following on on your podcast or you're tuned in to TalkSport 2, listening to uh, following on the Cricket Collective. Uh, If you are listening, I'm sure you are more than aware that the Indian Premier League has been suspended. What a sequence of events. And uh, to mark this, we've brought together Neil Manthorpe, Steve Harmison and myself, John Norman, to uh, really try and make sense, not so much of what's happened, but what will occur moving forward. Because this isn't just an Indian domestic cricket tournament that's been cancelled. The ramifications for the world game uh, could be so far in excess to what occurred when the uh, Football Premier League was called off uh, uh, last year. So really, we need to get uh, up and underway. A timeline of events before I bring in Manners and Steve Harmison. Well, I suppose this has been rumbling on for some time. Players arriving in India with COVID and yet the tournament went on. But in the last 24 hours or so, news that uh, two players had been infected whilst visiting a local hospital, um, led to suggestions that the tournament could indeed be cancelled. And that came to fruition today with news that uh, after yesterday's postponement of the game that should have been taking place on Monday, Wednesday's game was uh, was called pulled from the schedules after it was announced that Ridamin Sahar, the Sun Rises Hyderabad and uh, India wicketkeeper, had tested positive for COVID. Reports that Amit Mishra had followed suit and before long, uh, games that were falling by the wayside and then suddenly an announcement by the Indian Premier League themselves that the tournament had been suspended. Now, in and amongst that, there was a feeling that it was going to be moved to Mumbai from the 7th of May. That may still be the case, but it's very unlikely 
And if it is, well, that, the tournament will have to do without most of its overseas stars because within that statement came from the very top of the IPL the insistence that what was important is that the players made their way back to their families. Now, that's one thing if you're from Delhi and you're playing for Delhi. But if you're playing for Delhi and you live in England or South Africa or Australia or New Zealand, of course, uh, that's a completely different set of circumstances. So as things stand, what we are led to believe is that the international players are looking into ways to get back to their homelands. And it's very unlikely that we are going to see the IPL uh, starting up again on the 7th of May or any date in May. Steve Harmison, um, you appeared on breakfast uh, on the TalkSport Breakfast Show shortly after the announcement was made. Uh, Neil Manthorpe, you've been across this story from the outside. Manners, if I could turn to you first, can you put into context at all just the size, the seismic nature of the decision that has been taken today and how it affects world cricket um, uh, in the short and long term? It's difficult to know what uh, measurement unit to use. So let's start with dollars. Um, that's the easiest one and most uh, understood by, by most people. I've never quite understood how much a billion actually is. It's never been in my lexicon, really. But um, the tournament is worth 6.8. It's valued at 6.8 billion dollars. That's the value of the tournament. Um, the amount of money that it's, I mean, each, each event is worth in excess of 700 million. And there are a lot of people with a very, very great deal of money at stake. There are contracts in place for advertising and broadcasting revenues. And as we saw last year, when the world, the world was in the grip of the pandemic, we just knew that there was no way that the IPL was, was not going to take place. And exactly the same thing applies to this year's event. Last year, it wasn't a question of if the IPL could take place. It was simply when and what would have to be cancelled and who would uh, have to have uh, bilateral tours moved or cancelled or changed. Every other tournament and every other bilateral series was flexible. The IPL wasn't. And they moved to the UAE. And this event will have to be finished, John. Um, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I know that sounds dreadful, given that there are hundreds of thousands of people dying in India, and that should be so much more important, and, and is so much more important. But life and death live alongside the, the, the free capital world, I'm afraid. That's the reality. That's the truth. The tournament will have to be finished, and whatever fixtures are cancelled or moved or postponed... Whoever takes the hit around the rest of the world, that's just collateral damage. Uh, Harmy, try and put yourself in the position of the players. I mean, most of them have got their families out there with them. I'm not sure that that's a good thing or a bad thing. There must be so much uh, anxiety in and around. I mean, just touring normally is, is an anxious state to be in, especially when you're away from home for, for as the weeks turn into months. But this is a unique situation, but unfortunately, it's a unique situation that's been going on for some time. Yeah, it's been going on for some time, and it, it is the anxiety. That's the, the the exact word. I know there was players like Sir Joss Butler who had his whole family out uh, in India, and I was asked this morning on a breakfast show by Laura Woods, you know, what would my, where would I be? And I said I'd have gone home a week ago. I'd have gone home with the likes of Zampa, Ty Richardson, Livingston. I'd have gone. I, there's nowhere... We, me and Manners spoke about it last week on the Cricket Collective, and I came off the show, Manners, thinking, 
was that out of order there by saying this should be cancelled? This shouldn't be on because I remember, you know, with the Premier League in England, it was like that. The entertainment factor of having games every night when you are in lockdown and what cricket means to the people of India. I was trying to work out whether I, I was I was I was wrong by saying this should be cancelled. But no, I, I come back to the point now that there are things that are more that are, it's health and safety of the people in in the country is more important. And I would have gone I would have gone a long time ago. I really would. You can talk about how much money is involved in the IPL. There's nothing's nothing's that much when it comes to financial reward compared to what the health and safety is of your family. I'm not talking about me myself. I'm talking about my family. My family is out there. And, I, and I'm, I'm really struggling to, to work out where we go from here because all of a sudden you've seen the likes of our Ashwin leave mid-tournament to say, I'm going to be with my family. Even the umpire, you know, Nitin Mellon, who was absolutely brilliant during the Test Match series. He had to leave the bubble to go with to, to, you know, back to indoor for his parents. We've got, we've got India coming in July. Would the Indian players want to come to England would they be allowed to come to England first and foremost? Would they want to come to England and tour and play in an environment when devastation is going on in their world? Rewind back to when England were in Sri Lanka. England came home mid-warm-up game because of the, the pandemic had hit big time in England. You know, big time. In, and we were talking about tens, tens of thousands, nine, 10, 11, 12,000 at the time daily rate. We're looking at 400,000 people a day getting getting COVID, testing positive in, in, in India at this moment in time. So the knock-on effect this is going to have to the world of cricket is not just long-term. I think it's, it, sorry, not the short-term. I think it's long-term, long-term effect could be, could be huge for people coming out of India or people going into India as well. Well, look, we can ask those questions to Chaitan Narula. He's going to be joining us a little later in the show. But what we do know is that press releases are being released. Uh, we've heard from uh, Cricket South Africa today. They are saying that they're going to help get their players back to South Africa. Now, traveling around the world, and we've we've spent the last 20 years or so traveling around the world at a drop of a hat, guys. But it's not quite as simple as that, is it? In Australia, the uh, the PM, Scott Morrison, I think, announced a few days ago, they were thinking of bringing in a five-year prison term for anybody who flew direct from India to Australia. Well, the uh, Cricket Australia have come out and said they're not seeking to uh, make the players an exceptional case so those Aussies aren't going anywhere are they Neil if uh, indeed the South Africans can get out the country and get back as well as the English. I'm hearing that the Australians are considering now um, flying out of India to anywhere <laughs> um, preferably a, a green country a country that's on the on the green list so if they can get as far as as Doha or actually I think that route has been shut down now but there are ways through the Middle East, you could take um, a flight to, to Dubai, for example. And then if uh, they are able to do their 14 days quarantine in a place like Dubai, then they would be able to fly back into Australia where they would have to quarantine again anyway. So they could be looking at up to a month in quarantine or self-isolation. South Africa's regulations are a little less uh, prohibitive. Uh, if the players can get back to South Africa, they're going to be allowed to isolate at home. So at least they can go straight back and be with their, their families, albeit perhaps in a different room, I would imagine. But, you know, the, the, the players 
um, are being tested. The Chennai squad, the Super King squad, actually announced that after their two positive tests, El Balaji, the bowling coach, and um, actually the bus driver, their regular bus driver, um, both tested positive. And so according to IPL protocols, they announced that the whole of the Chennai squad yesterday on Monday was going into quarantine and testing every single day. So you, you wonder whether some governments might be a little less stringent about applying these what, quite brutal protocols in the case of Australia. But there's an old saying, isn't there? There's always money to be made in a war. And countries like the, the Caymans um, are, are offering um, for people to come and quarantine there. So that's, not, that's maybe not the worst option. Go and spend two weeks on the beach. Well, there are so many unanswerables, but we will seek to answer some of them. I'll throw another one in there. In New Zealand, they also have a two-week quarantine period, MIQ, that's what it's called. But essentially, it's booked up. So mm. even if the New Zealanders did want to get to New Zealand, I don't think they could. So maybe uh, in the very short term, what you may see is a positive for English cricket in so far that that New Zealand series now, at the start of June, well... All of the English players are going to be there, and so are the Kiwis. So anyway, we will uh, we will look at that and plenty more. We're going to be chatting to Chaitan Narula um, out of Delhi to see, you know, just where um, the IPL goes from here. As Harmi made mention, what kind of impact is it going to have? And if you're a South African uh, cricket administrator eyeing up a lucrative tour of India later this year, uh, well, you'll be even more nervous than you are um normally because uh there is going to be some winners and some losers from all of this and you just got the feeling it's going to be the smaller nations that, that suffer the most once again well welcome back to following on the cricket collective and outside edge I'm delighted to say i wish it was in uh, better circumstances but we are joined by indian broadcaster uh, Chaitan Narula. Uh, Chaitan, you know we've been chatting on whatsapp haven't we for, for weeks <laughs> about this and and so it's come to pass and you know it's um it was always going to be the most optimistic of individual to think that the IPL could do what no other league really has managed to do and that's get through COVID unscathed but here we are so what is from where you are are you hearing uh officially suspended but when do you expect the IPL to uh to finish up its season First of all, John, let me remind you, it was 10 days ago that you texted me and asked, what will it take for the IPS to stop? I mean, the answer there was multiple positive cases and, uh, you know, overseas players wanting to fly home. That has come to pass in the last 10 days. Um, of course, the Australians were really concerned getting home and rightly so. Um, of course, the number of positive cases does not help matters. Uh, suspension of games. And uh, today, two more cases, multiple more cases expected. So, paramount safety of the players and that's why they needed to go home and the IPL needed to stop and rightly so this time around. Without these cases, perhaps it could have gone on. Maybe they could have uh, last night, when I say last night, I mean Monday night, the news was that they were shifting to Mumbai, taking all the teams, taking a week's break, taking all the teams, creating the bio bubble and playing in the three stadiums in Mumbai. So, but that went out the window as soon as you had more positive cases today. The latest that we're hearing is that it's been suspended indefinitely. That's postponed. The second half of the tournament has been indefinitely postponed. Um, there's no way with the overseas players flying off or preparing to fly off, there's no way that the league will resume anytime soon. From what I've been told, um, the players are in quarantine for four days, wherever they are. 
and they will have three tests before they are allowed to move out and go to their families. And that includes the foreign players who will be flying off. I'm not sure about the Australian players. What are, what are those logistics? Um, when it can happen, when it can resume, I'm not sure. There's a small window in June, but it's too hot in the UAE. I'm not sure the IPL can resume in India so soon. September is the window after the Indian Tour of England, before the T20 World Cup. That's a window. Either way, whenever the IPL resumes, it is going to have an impact on the international cricket calendar. Neil Manthorpe's watching on. Manners, South Africa due to tour India in September. Now, you're already skint. Can you give us some kind of idea of what it would mean if that, that tour um, is, having, is pushed back, another lucrative tour that um, isn't going to happen because of COVID? Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, part of the, 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 uh, the um, ODI championship, um, the series in, in India. Um, but uh, you may remember last year, or a, just over a year ago, the South African director of cricket, Graham Smith, agreed with the BCCI president, Saurav Ganguly, old mates, captains uh, on the field, um, agreed for India to come to South Africa for three T20s, just a flying visit, um, uh, just to help South Africa out, help the South African finances out. That small, very small, the shortest possible tour was uh, worth in the region of $10 million. Now that would have made a massive, massive difference to South Africa. That's in the region of 150 million Rand. Um, so that, that's long since gone, that one's burnt off. Um, and it's gonna be impossible, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I mentioned in the first half of the program about collateral damage. Frankly, uh, a three ODI series between South Africa and India, a bilateral series is, um, it will be one of the first to go. I mean, that's the first thing you throw out of the life raft when uh, the IPL, uh, starts talking about resuming. As I said, uh, it's just absolutely no way. I mean, Harmi was was joking, I think, just before we started recording about the ashes being affected. But but you know what? I wouldn't rule it out. Um, such is the dependence of the ECB and Cricket Australia and, and the rest of the world, obviously, on the BCCI and on Indian revenue. And if the BCCI say, I'm sorry, we are actually going to have to finish the IPL in that September, October window, just before the T20 World Cup. And that means that everything gets pushed back by a fortnight or even a month. And if, if the ECB and Cricket Australia say, I'm really sorry about this, but you're gonna to have to start the ashes two weeks or three weeks later. I honestly don't believe that they will say, uh-uh, no, 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 sorry, the ashes is sacrosanct. We're taking all our players out of the IPL. No, that's not gonna happen. I mean, John, there's, there's no limit. To what, and I'm not, I don't mean this in a BCCI being, being bullies. I'm just talking about pure economic facts. Um, and, and such is the dependence on the BCCI. If the ashes has to be moved, it will. Chaitan, is there anger in India? I know the Times of India wrote a pretty scathing article about the IPL saying enough was enough. Either keep it in one city or just suspend it because it's getting a bit ridiculous. We, everybody's been saying that the chances of it continuing unscathed are almost nil. So is it anger that it's even allowed to have, have got this far? John, the people of India are angry about a lot of things at the moment and ICL is not one of their concerns. I think they're more concerned about health services and what the government's been doing for the past six months, which has got us into this situation in the first place. There will be anger in the BCCI. There's, there's going to be ramifications. The franchisees are angry because they're losing a lot of money. Star Sports, the broadcasters, they have invested a lot and a lot of money. They'll be losing a lot of money on this. And Neil is right. There will be pressure from the BCCI to complete it because 
there's just so much money riding on the ipl the world cricket economy in a way is dependent on the ipl and there's apart from the t20 world cup there's no other event which is more important than the ipl not even the world test championship coming back to your point um the anger will be within the bcci there are reports now emerging that this year's bio bubble would not as secure as they were made out to be they they did not hire the same services that they hired in the uae last year they did not have centralized bio bubbles people could come in go out of the bio bubbles which is come on when you have so much money at stake so much at stake you just cannot do that and the result is in front of us so the top brass of the bcci they were also urged to take this season to the uae and not play in india but the bcci were adamant that because they wanted to host the t20 world cup in india they needed this tournament i mean they could have played in two cities they could have played it in mumbai and finished it so somebody in the bcci is going to answer for this failure i'm not sure who's i'm not going to take any names i'm not going to say who it's going to be but somebody has to answer and take the fall for this so the chances of the of let's start with the world t20 what chance the world t20 takes place in india at this moment i would say it's a 70 30 chance because let's be honest it's going to be in october if you push it maybe a week or so i'm hopeful we are we are what sitting in the first week of may i'm hopeful over the next 2 3 months india can control or can control over this raging pandemic and then start to think of the t20 world cup the vaccination program is going on um a lot of people will have recovered from the covid uh, pandemic at that time the icc will not be in any hurry whatsoever to move a tournament away from india the bcci will not let it go so easily unless and until it exhausts all the possibilities so yeah i would say 70 30 at the moment but uh, the longer the pandemic rages on the lower the possibility of the t20 world cup happening in india chin what about the pl- from a player's point of view i'm coming from the player's point of view here I mentioned in the first half of the show about England leaving Sri Lanka because because covid was so rife in England they wanted to be with their families you know and we look at England India coming to England in Ju- on July other players want to are they going to want to leave to come you can all talk about boards and you know and government bodies and the ICCs but I'm talking about a player's point of view here if a player if a, a players group and i'm talking about the players cricket association or fika turn around and say you know what forget your board forget your tournament we don't think it's right for our players to go and play in these tournaments to go and play in this country to be part of this because we're in the middle of a global pandemic where does where, where does that argument stand it's an important question an interesting one steve but do do the player bodies have that much power when it comes to the national associations i mean uh, at some point the pandemic is going to die down maybe not this year maybe next year maybe the year after that normalcy is going to resume is anybody going to hurt their chances of never playing in the ipl again ever i don't think so strictly i mean the ipl was being played in the middle of a pandemic how many players packed their bags and left three australians ashwin left because his immediate family was infected MS Dhoni's parents were were infected but he did not leave the bio bubble he played he continued to play on for two weeks so every individual has a decision to make here obviously the conditions in other countries is much better india toward australia they were pretty free over there after their initial quarantine period new zealand is free from this disease they are they're vaccinating uk is uh, is vaccinating at a very good pace and uh, i mean your 
crowds are coming back to the grounds at football and they're expected at the, at the cricket as well this summer. So the situation is different for every country. If the tournament moves to the UAE, I'm, I'm talking about the IPL plus the T20 World Cup moving to the UAE, I don't see any reason why the players wouldn't want to go. I mean, if there's no COVID, there's no pandemic there, it's the safest place to be, to be honest. So it's going to depend a lot on the situation. It's going to depend a lot on what the individual players are feeling. The one thing that I am concerned about is India's tour of South Africa in December. Uh, commercially, probably India will make up for those three ODIs or T20s that Saurav Ganguly had promised to Steve Smith. But South Africa is also not in a very good situation. Uh, maybe the situation is improving there, but obviously better than India. Maybe Neil can tell us, but if the situation doesn't improve there in terms of the pandemic, will the Indian tour happen? So that is that is probably my one concern over this, this year's calendar. Manus, what is the situation there? What do you expect to be uh, occurring come December? Well, as far as you can ever say the situation is under control, it, it is. I mean, we, we, um, we've only had essential workers and health workers vaccinated. The general population hasn't started being uh, vaccinated yet, although the vaccines have arrived and that program will roll out soon. But um, there's been no third wave. Um, it's um, the feeling certainly is that, uh, that, that it's as much under control as the, as the coronavirus ever can be. Um, numbers are, are below a, a thousand te positive tests a day. The biosecure bubbles, I mean, given that South Africa's first attempt uh, was at a five-star hotel in Cape Town for England's war, uh, white ball tour uh, at the end of last year that didn't that didn't go so well Two um, hotel staff tested positive but since then uh, South Africa has uh, held all of its domestic tournaments in biosecure environments um, Pakistan toured Sri Lanka toured um, all went went well um, I, I can tell you that it's not just the ECB who are worried about India coming to to England so South Africa, I can honestly say South Africa run a very, very, cricket South Africa, that is, run a very, very strong chance of, of bankruptcy if that India tour doesn't, doesn't go ahead. And I know that the ECB are desperate for India to tour as well. Five test matches, it's going to be a very lucrative series, and that ends on September the 14th. But if India don't get to South Africa, then, um, yeah, I think we'll be, we'll be reapplying for amateur status. Oh. It's all a little bit bleak at the moment. Chaitin, look, the most important thing, as you may mention at the start, there are more important things, aren't they? And uh, um, hopefully India can go the same way that uh, the UK seems to, because we were in similarly bleak position in, uh, in January, February, March. And uh, as you make mention, crowds are coming back, sun's out. And uh, thankfully, uh, with the vaccination process uh, up and running, uh, we're in a much better place. So hopefully in a couple of months' time, that's exactly where India will find itself. But uh, uh, you stay safe and to your family, and we'll speak to you again soon. Plenty more to come on the show still, though, today. Uh, you are uh, watching uh, Outside Edge on YouTube or listening to Following on the Cricket Collective. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome back to uh, the Cricket Collective uh, on Talk Sport 2, following on podcast and Outside Edge on YouTube. So far uh, on the show, we've been uh, dissecting some of the ramifications from the suspension of the Indian Premier League. When will it be played? Uh, what will have to make way? Uh, how are the players feeling? Um, and uh, really trying to get uh, a heads around this uh, seismic incident. So let's uh, hear from a player, though, uh, Joe Clark. Currently playing for Nottinghamshire, but he does have similar experience, not in the IPL, but whilst playing for the Karachi King in the uh, Pakistani Super League, um, uh, which, of course, uh, was brought to temporary halt because of a very similar situation. So uh, he caught up with uh, Harmy um, uh, to talk about what it was like within uh, the biosecure environment once it had been breached. As players, I guess... Obviously, from my experience in, in Pakistan, it was you could see how hard everyone was working to to get things right, and to you know, as soon as what do you, you know, to- there was coronavirus that came into the into the hotel. Obviously, there is some worried some worried people, um, and you know that everyone's working so hard behind the scenes to to get things right and to try and stamp down on it as quickly as possible. But there's also a worry that obviously, if it's in the hotel or you know, you're seeing people on a daily on a daily sort of basis keep getting positive t- tests results. Then it does start getting worrying, and and I think naturally, you know, when you're away from home and that sort of stuff is happening, you immediately sort of get brought back to to your family back home and and your your own sort of health really. So I think obviously the the right call was made in in Pakistan and from watching over the last sort of few days that the case is going up in India and, and the state of India itself, I think it's, um, it's probably the right call for the, for the players. Um, but obviously I think they'll understand that there obviously would have been a, a huge amount of work to have gone into, to get the tournament going in the first place. Um, but yeah, health and safety is, mm. is the best, uh, is the best for now. And hopefully it can get played at another time. 
And it was a conversation between the players going on, i.e. the English players talking about, you know, the how to get back home with other English players, even though you weren't playing in the same side. Yeah, there was definitely um, amongst sort of the overseas players who, who were obviously at, at the Pakistan League. I think for us, it was obviously Tom Banton got sort of a, te- a test, a positive test. And we'd been having sort of dinner in the hotel with, with the sort of English lads and the Aussie lads. So when one of one of the lads had got a uh, positive test result, then it sort of hit home a little bit. And there was some chat around the overseas players and some were more vocal than others, worried about obviously getting it themselves. And and as soon as, as, soon as the focus is away from just the cricket, I think um, some, some of the lads were... We're not really in the cricket and and more sort of in the fact that they didn't know whether they were going to have it at some stage and what the precautions were about having a, te- a positive test result. And um, I think people then were, were thinking how quickly they could, they could get home and uh, be with their loved ones. Nottinghamshire, Joe Clark there. And if you want to hear the full interview to that, uh, there will be a county cricket set following on podcast special uh, released later today when he uh, looks back at Nottinghamshire's uh, big win. Um, guys, see, this is one of the uh, the aspects to, to all of this that we've, we haven't made mention of in the show so far. But, Harmy, these players have been in these biosecure bubbles for the best part of a year now. It's not about novelty factor wearing off. It's about endurance. We're getting to a point, I believe, where it's one thing to ask a player to live in this false environment when A, they believe it's secure and crucially B, they're playing cricket but for the vast majority or certainly a large number and I don't include Joe in this but the point still remains, a vast number of these players, they're not even playing cricket so they're living in this false environment and they're not getting out onto the field and surely it's going to get to a point where these players are going to want almost to be told categorically, if I do this if I go in this bubble for two months You've got to play me. Yeah, and that's the, the hard part. That's where we've seen, I think we've seen the Livingston, Zampa, Ty and Richardson element of this from a player's point of view. It's not a case, I'm not playing, I'm going home, I'm taking me bat and ball. You can't label that at them. You know, they, this is this is, must be difficult to be involved in that. I take your hat, hats off to the likes of Matt Parkinson and James Bracey, Overton, all these guys that went in India and been in Sri Lanka all winter, just carrying drinks, being in the bubbles, bowling the nets. It must be very, very difficult. So when we sit here and, and Manners, Manners has been covering cricket since the day dot, it's you you have to put it into perspective, don't you, Manners? When you talk, when you you're trying to break down players' performance on what's happening, because this is something I keep saying about anybody that hasn't played the game of cricket that criticizes or is quick to judge. It's not played by robots. It's played by human beings. There are anxieties in all these biosecure bubbles. Boy, I would not like to be in them. I, I struggled to be in my hotel room. Never mind, and even sorry, in the hotel. Never mind the hotel room. If there was a pub at the bottom of the street, I spent six hours in there when the game finished, rather than being six hours in my because it had a television, it had a fruit machine, it had a jukebox. Harmy, we toured with you. We know that you'd be in the pub for six hours. <laughs> But you, but but, but, it, but the point is, but the point, the point is, look, though, John, you make you make mention of Bracey, 
Parkinson and Overton, three players who would do anything to get into the England eleven. That's why they're there. Yeah. But it gets I... to the point where I don't think you can... I think you have a, a duty of care. I, Absolutely. I, I can't see how in four or five months' time you could go back to the same players and in the same instance and say, you're coming on tour again. You might, you probably won't play, but it'll be great experience for you. Yeah, and I struggled. Essentially, essentially, you're only there in case somebody gets injured. Yeah. I, I just cannot. It's going to get to the point where players are going to say, "No way." Matt, John, I totally agree. I, I spent my whole career. If I didn't play for one week, yeah, just send me home. Send me home. I couldn't. The anxieties of being away from home. I really, really struggled. So my hats off to these guys. But the. the, the the point I was trying to make before was we can't judge these players on their performance in these biosecure bubbles. And I'm sorry, I can't, you can't be that cold and callous to judge a Bracey making his test debut in the biosecure bubble, biosecure bubble getting not in one, nicked off, looked as though he's playing away from himself. And you think, is he up to test match cricket? Well, hold on. What these kids have gone through, I think you need to have, I think from a selection panel, and I know we've just, you know, we haven't really talked about Ed Smith over the last two weeks, but whoever's picking this side, you've got to be, I think you've got to be, you've got to have a doctorate, you've got to be a psychology, has got to be so good when it comes to identifying where these players' mindset is when you actually pick them to play in the team rather than, well, how well are the batting, how well are the bowling? Because all of a sudden, if you've got some fragile minds around, that's going to go onto the pitch. And sometimes it might be, well, he's next cab off the rank. I like we've just talked about Joe Co uh, Joe Clark, but I'm not sure mentally he's ready to play because of the length of time he's been in this. He needs to be some time out. And I think that is that is going to be the new norm, I think, Manners, for the next however many weeks, months and years that this potential pandemic carries on for. You know what, Harmy? Let's be honest. 99 out of 100 of us involved in cricket uh, are, are, are weak-minded at times. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how many times people have said to me, you've got the best job in the world. You must be absolutely, uh, you know, the, the happiest guy on earth. And and you always say, yeah, yeah, I am. And I do. Yeah. But it doesn't always feel like that. Um, you know, there's a couple of players in this IPL who've uh, waited half a dozen games to get their first opportunity and gone out there and been run out for naught at the non-strikers end before they faced yeah. a ball. And then they've got to go back to that hotel room with those four walls closing in on them. It, I, I have enormous sympathy for them. And, you know, anybody that's been involved in the game for, for a significant period of time will have experienced that love-hate relationship because it's the cruelest game. Uh, it, it, the, the time that it demands of you being away from your family, whether you're commentating, writing, covering it, or whether you're playing it, you have the added... Uh, problem of, of, of being destined to fail, whether you're a batsman or a bowler, more often than you succeed by conventional judgments. So I, I, I have thought long and hard over the last 15 months about the players, um, and I've spoken to some of them. Many don't like to, to admit that uh, they are going through, and it is, it's their job, it's their livelihood after all. Um, but you know what, there, there are several players who have spoken, Owen Morgan's one of them, and, and several other players around the world, senior respected players, have said that it's unsustainable. You cannot carry on mm. like this. But from a personal perspective, I, I still believe that that efforts should be made to, to play, uh, to rest and rotate players. And I know it didn't work for England um, necessarily, um, but I, I appreciated uh, the effort that was made by Ed Smith 
to rest and rotate. Yeah, it's not sustainable. We cannot carry on playing. Individual players cannot carry on spending months and months and months at a time in various biosecure bubbles. The thoughts of uh, Neil Manthorpe and Steve Harmison, myself, John Norman, and uh, still got plenty to discuss here on the day that the IPL was suspended, uh, trying to work out uh, if and when it will come back and how, and the effect it has on the world game and individuals who make up it. Uh, You are listening to uh, Following On, the Cricket Collective, watching Outside Edge. You're watching Outside Edge uh, or listening to Following On, the Cricket Collective on the day the IPL was suspended. Um, As things stand, it will be back within seven days, but I think we are all aware that that is very, very unlikely indeed, with uh, most international players now looking to get themselves back home to be with their families, the questions really surround uh, what happens next. We've already discussed and spoken with uh, Chaitan Narula out of India, um, who feels that, that there could have a knock-on effect to the World Test Championship. Uh, will there be enough time? Will the players be able to get there? Uh, could it be that it's played just in front of the uh, five-test India-England series? That uh, Steve Harmison saying, are you even going to see Indian players leaving or wanting to leave their families uh, during uh, these uh, these times. And then, of course, what happens later this year if the IPL comes back? Is that the end for South African cricket again? Kind of been the end of South African cricket a few times in the last 12 months, hasn't it, Manus? <laughs> Could it even see the ashes put back to, to, to 2022? I mean, we do live in uh, uh, truly unparalleled times, but at the heart of it, uh, really, our thoughts and our hearts and our minds go out to those uh, affected in India because... Uh, it just gives you an idea for the IPL $6 billion industry to be suspended. It just shows uh, just how serious the situation is out there in India. So uh, our thoughts with everyone affected out there. Manners, let's have a quick word about the, uh, the World Test Championship because we've spoken about pretty much everything else, but it's, it's like the pinnacle, isn't it? The World Test Championship final is when we find out who's the best test team. It's, uh, it's where it's all at. I mean, okay, it's not at Lord's. Um, it's at the Aegeus Bowl, but... The knock-on effect for here, let's say the IPL doesn't come back, which it probably it probably won't do. The clock is ticking. You know, it's next month. India are in it, and I can't see the uh, the situation. Unfortunately, in India, changing much between then and now. So, is the World Test Championship? Is, you know, is that even going to happen? I certainly hope so. Um, uh, you know, the good the good news is that Virat Kohli is a massive fan of it. Um, he's a huge supporter of Test cricket, and uh, he made it a, a real priority for to to get India into the uh, the Test Championship final. And I don't think anybody's quibbling at all about uh, New Zealand being uh, deserved opponents. Um, so they, I think, they are the two best Test teams or the best performing Test teams over the last couple of years. So I certainly hope uh, that it happens. Interestingly. I mean, it, it effectively means that India will play six test matches, you know, a six test series. That hasn't happened for a couple of decades. Uh, so it really is a throwback to the to the 70s and 80s. I, I, I still think, John, that it's the kind of event that although we are in unparalleled times, as you say, outside of world wars, um, sport has never been as disrupted as it as it has been at the moment. But. I'm a huge fan of it going ahead, even if it does mean that uh, it's very limited socially distanced crowds or or even no crowds, because I think it's really important to set the precedent. You know, the World Test Championship was first approved in 2013. Uh, It was then delayed and postponed again. And and then we had another Champions Trophy. So to finally get round to the first World Test Championship final, I 
I certainly hope it goes ahead. What about you then, uh, then Harmy? Because it's kind of like a role reversal, isn't it? We were uh, we were in dire straits in the UK pretty much this time last year. We didn't know if there'd be any international cricket. Yeah. There was uh, talk of a four hundred million pound black hole in the ECB coffers if it wasn't to go ahead. Pakistan and West Indies came over, as did Ireland. Fast forward a year and everything does seem a little bit brighter in this part of the world, but but now it's other countries being affected. And now it's question marks about whether they're going to be able to come over here. I hate to be cynical, but if it had been a five-test series against India in 2020, would they have come over when the, when the UK was, was in the situation it found in itself last year? I think it's unlikely. So um, once again, I suppose England or the ECB or cricket in this country is feeling a little bit nervous ahead of the home summer. Yeah, I think in the, the rightly so should be, to be fair. Um, I'm I'm sitting here as a player, former player, and if I'm sitting in England and the pandemic's going on like like it is in India, I'm not sure how quickly I'd want to leave my family to go somewhere else and leave my family to fight for what is, you know, potentially could happen. And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking things happen daily, things happen weekly. Me and Manners were talking last week about where the pandemic was in India and how quickly it's moved. It could move very, very quickly come sort of June, July. So there's a lot of speculation on where, what could miss out, whether it's a test championship or whether India is going to come. I just think this now is time for the cricket family to, to really come together. Mentioned about what happened with ECB last year, with, with Pakistan coming over, um, with Ireland coming over. I think it's important that the whole cricket community rallies around the likes of South Africa, the likes of the smaller smaller countries who are going to lose financially out of this and think, right, in three years' time, hopefully the world's a better place and we do not lose South Africa to bankruptcy because India didn't go there. We didn't lose the World Test Championship because it wasn't the right time we play. If we have to move the Ashes back two weeks or the World T20 or the IPL has to be moved to the, to the UAE, I think it's time for the world to be flexible like it has done outside of sport and fingers crossed that we look after people inside sport from a financial point of view and from the game's point of view. I might live in this big, lovely, beautiful world that never, you know, never normally happens. But if in three years time we have lost South Africa to bankruptcy and it's not the same, if we have lost a couple of others, then 10 years time cricket will not be the game we loved and it will not be the, We've got to get away. In the football world, with the world, with the European Super League, we've got to get away from this big three at this moment in time. It's not the time for the big three to be powerful. It's a time for the big three to look after the world of the game of cricket. Um, yeah, I agree with the sentiment, but I kind of feel that the opposite's going to happen, Harmy. I mean, Manners, I don't know what you think, but at the end of all this, when cricket is uh, surveying the scene and the wreckage of what COVID has brought to bear, the flip argument will be we need the tournaments that make the money because they're the tournaments that support worldwide cricket. I can see it already. I can see the articles coming out saying the same thing that, that Harmi's just said, saying that cricket needs a massive recorrection. Re we can't just be reliant on tournaments like the IPL because, and we've got to sort out the cluttered calendar because when something like this happens, you can see the knock-on effect. But the truth in the matter is, the tournaments that make the money, they're the, going to be the ones that uh, survive. Look at women's cricket, for instance, over the last 12 months. There hasn't been any women's cricket, not really. And the fear is the rich are just going to barricade themselves up, sort themselves out 
and everybody else is going to be feeding off scraps again. John, the reason you can see it is because it's happening and you're in the business um, and, you know, you're paid to see it. Uh, I mean, it, it is happening. People who can't see it are just not looking closely enough. Uh, look at the way the um, the Future Tours program has panned out. Look at the England fixture list, the Australia fixture list, and the India fixture list. India and England are going to play each other nine times uh, in, in the space of six months um, in test matches alone. Uh, you know, um, South Africa have got six test matches this year. Six in total for the whole year. And not many more for next year. Uh, so, it, you know, it's happening. The, the, the small seven are being marginalised. Um, and there'll be a token gesture here and there, you know, a sort of a fish head thrown overboard uh, by Australia and, uh, and, and England. When was the last time England played Bangladesh in a test match mm. or, or, or hosted Bangladesh in a test match? 18 years ago, I think. 2005 so, and then, did they do yeah. 2010? I can't remember. Exactly. 17 years ago, the last time Bangladesh went to England. So it, it's happening. It's happening more and more and it will be accelerated um and I, I i love harmy's utopian ideal it's one that i share with the certainly but you know the the truth is that i mean he, the, the numbers are absolutely staggering 75 percent of the global cricket financial pie is dependent on india 75 percent that's 33 percent for the um ipl and 42 percent from india bilateral series the global cricket economy is supported by 75% of, uh, of, of Indian revenue. So, you know, there, there was a time when the, the big three took over world cricket where India said, you know what, um, we, we think we should have a bit more than everyone else. Well, it's probably quite fair enough. You know, the counter argument to that is that, well, they won't have anyone to play if uh, no one else can afford to exist. So um, they shouldn't have perhaps 75% of the global cricket pie, but they are responsible for generating it. We should remember that, which is why England and Australia will move the ashes if they bloody well have to. There needs to be a change in the revenue model for the smaller nations. Um, look how much we've all enjoyed live streaming um, of, of the county championship Brilliant. this year. That's, that's, you know, countries like South Africa, Sri Lanka, even, even Pakistan, West Indies, that's the way they need to start thinking. They cannot be so overly dependent on on the conventional television revenue model got to change brilliant stuff well look uh, manners and harmy uh, thanks as ever you two are going to uh, put together your weekly county championship roundup by the way that's been way better than the ipl absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs> the weekend's action i was I and mean, talk about streaming as well i was i was watching surrey smash uh, hampshire and then the next day that ridiculous North Ants Yorkshire game, um, Middlesex getting stuffed good. Um, so yeah, um, I'll be uh, I'll be downloading and listening to that. But uh, thanks to you both, you have been listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport too. Thanks to the Institute of Cricket and uh, watching us on YouTube as well. And if you missed all that, download the following on podcast. Uh, but a big thanks to uh, everybody involved in the recording of today's show. We will be back next week. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados 
is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 